Earlier this year, we talked to musician Anthony Tonnen about his other interests, Whanganui's bus services. He's a public transport enthusiast, and Whanganui was about to launch its first frequent bus service in three decades. It was called Tengaru, the Tide. And six months on, we're really interested in how it's going and whether there's an appetite for more bus services in Whanganui and in other medium-sized cities as well. So his full title is Whanganui District Council Representative for Horizons Regional Council's Passenger Transport Committee. Lol, Anthony Tonnen joins us now. Hi. Kia ora, Jesse. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, how are you getting on? Yeah, doing really well. Doing really well. Um, okay. First, first, first things first, this bus that you sort of helped launch six months ago, what was the kind of context to the arrival of the service? Well, we previously had two hourly frequency um, on the corridor that um, that this runs on, which was unusual because some of that corridor is quite densely populated, like a, a suburb like Gomville. Um, it wouldn't be out of place in a city like Dunedin or even parts of Wellington in terms of its population density. So, and, and it was built around trams as well. So a lot of people live on the old tram routes. Um, so it's potentially quite a good place to put a more frequent bus. Um, and so yeah, that was our quite, concept. The, the city, sorry to interrupt, the city is quite well suited to it. Eh? You, can, um, you can get to a lot of people with that one route. That's right, yeah, we, and we're built around a river, which also yes, water often helps. Um, barriers are good in making a public transport city because you oh, yeah. ideally want less routes uh, but more frequency on those routes. Okay, so you had high hopes, I recall, when it was launched, and how has it gone? It's gone really, really well. I mean, we're really impressed. Um, over the three months that we have data for, March to May, um, we've seen an 80% increase in total um, bus trips, so around 33,000 trips as opposed to 18,000 in the um, previous year. But uh, and the, and 49% of that is is the tide. Um, so it's now doing almost half of our trips, and it's it's getting the patronage is, is still rising. And it's getting close to doubling our total patronage. But but what's really interesting is on that corridor I talked about, um, which is from Castlecliff to Adamall. Um, last year, uh, with the three buses that we had on that route, uh, we had um, 10,000 trips. Now, with the addition of the tide, we're up to 23,000 trips, um, even though those other three bus routes have declined in use a little bit as people switch to the tide. So that's a 134% increase. So, so I guess what we're seeing there is that there's more demand than what we've been supplying for in the in the past because every time we put new service on, um, it, it does get the same amount of users as we're, we're using the, the two hourly buses. You're an advocate for public transport, so I'm sure um, that the, the theory went, build it and they will come. I'm sure that you were, you know that you were keen to convince people this would work. And yet, I'm sure also there was a bit of nervousness from your part thinking, well, what if it doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we still have a way to go. I mean, there, there's still plenty of room on those buses for more people. But the amazing thing about buses um, and, and why they're such a good solution is is from here, we can grow exponentially um, and, and still have the same cost. And that's what we saw when Queenstown kind of really broke the ice in New Zealand in terms of small cities doing frequent service. Um, they're up to 1.5 million trips across their network. 
um, at, at a pretty low cost. And, I and love that Queenstown bus, by the way. I, I was um, I hadn't been to Queenstown for a while, and it's, it was an amazing thing to discover that it existed. What is it like? A couple of bucks or four bucks to get from Arrowtown to the airport, or you know, some of those. Um, those routes which are so heavily used and completely underserved to that point by public transport. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really interesting because Queenstown didn't historically have public transport. It had some um, privately run tourist buses. But Queenstown's really well suited for public transport because it's got such narrow corridors. Yeah. Um, and that always helps you. Okay. Um, so where did we get to? So you're pleased. You were a little bit nervous um, you see there's still more potential, but um, explain to me the, the exponential part. So you were saying that you can exponentially increase without much added cost? Well, exactly, because you can continue to put more riders on um, Got once it. the bus service is, is there, um, as opposed to if you're running sort of an Uber service, for example, then every time you get three or four more riders that, that want to travel at the same time as someone else, you need another driver in a vehicle. And so your marginal costs, both in financial terms and carbon terms, um, keeps rising. As, yeah. as you, so you almost can't get too popular. And I, I should say that what Queenstown did and why it's particularly successful is because it has a network. So we have just one frequent route at mm-hmm. the moment, but Queenstown has a few frequent routes connected up in a network. That means that you can get more than just a couple of places on the frequent route, you can get to most of the city. And that's when you do start to see the exponential growth. Did um, other people who needed convincing feeling more convinced now, Anthony? Uh, we, we've, we've had a lot of people. I mean, one of the most pleasing things is, is the quality of the service. Um, it's been a driver to getting um, the bus company here has bought um, a bunch of new Euro 6 buses, um, which are really comfortable and they, they look and feel really great. Um, we've had great marketing. And, and we've had, had new user, user groups jumping on. So for the first time since I've been doing this role, um, adults, full, full fear paying adults are our largest user group, take, taking, overtaking super gold cars. Um, users, even though both groups have increased. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, all, it's always hard with buses because, of course, you see an empty bus go past or you see a bus with a mm. couple of people. Um, and people forget that if we want buses to be dependable, they need to, they're not exactly the same as roads. If they're to be as dependable as roads, they need to keep going, even if it's early in the morning and there's not much demand to take it early in the morning. We need that consistency to allow people to change their their day around it. Yeah, but but you are sensing behaviour change now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're, and and we're seeing that in um, the rise in adults that are taking the bus, and um, you know, there's been a lot of people that have had really positive experiences with it. Uh, how is the money stacking up? Well, you know, it's always expensive. It's always expensive, but this has been a quite quite a good trial for us because it's been a collaboration between the district council and the regional council, um, which is also what Queenstown did, and that was a really good option to to try and make a step change. So um, we each pitched in one hundred and eighty thousand um, dollars per per year for this trial um, o- over two years, and Wakwatahi pitches in fifty one percent. Again, so that gave us the budget. If we make it permanent, it, it will cost, you, you know, it will cost a considerable amount of money. But we could also look at our network, um, 
and see if there's efficiencies we can gain by maybe making the roots talk to each other a little bit more as well. Yeah, and um, probably don't need to get into this now, but there are many ways in which we subsidise car travel, even if it's um, not quite as obvious, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we don't really blanket spending um, millions of dollars each year to upkeep our roads. And again, that's what we're sort of moving to in public transport is having public transport that's just always there. Um, so it's like a road. Mm. I mean, the, anal- the analogy for a car driver would be, imagine if um, by your garage there was a gate um, and you couldn't drive your car out of the gate except for once an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the experience in mm-hmm. um, smaller towns has been like for the last 30 years okay. uh, for public transport users. Hey, well done, well done. And, and now let's think a little bigger because there's some consultation open at the moment on some bigger questions around public transport. And this is stuff that is specifically about Whanganui. However, it will be interesting probably to anyone who lives in a medium-sized city or in a small town near a medium-sized city, Anthony. Yeah, or a big city. So what Horizons is um, consulting on at the moment are regional public transport services. So this is the idea that we could perhaps make a network so that you could travel from Whanganui to Wellington or from Palmerston North to Hamilton and then perhaps you could connect to the Tahuia train, um, this sort of thing. Now, we used to have public transport between cities. Um, NZ Rail um, also had a bus network called NZ Rail Road Services, funnily enough. And and you could get pretty much from any town to any other town, mm-hmm. if not by train, uh, by a bus or a bus that connected to a train. But when local government was reformed in the 1980s, regional councils were created along water boundaries. But in a kind of oversight, um, Regional councils are the only ones that can sort of run public transport. However, it became very difficult for them to cross out of their boundary. Right. And so that's why a lot of these services that used to um, travel between, say, New Plymouth and Wellington or um, from, uh, you know, Tomaranui to Auckland, um, they're very hard to run or have been very hard to run in the last couple of decades because they'd crossed three, um, three regional councils. Okay. But I guess interesting opportunity for us as a council is that we have a very strategic location. The shape of horizons is a little bit like a funnel, and all parts of the North Island um, north of us, you know, Taranaki, um, Hawke's Bay, Waikato, they all need to travel through that funnel to yeah. get to um, Wellington. And one thing that we haven't excluded in this consultation is the possibility of interregional services. So services that actually go, that might start in the Wellington region and end up in the Waikato region. And that actually gives you an advantage because the bigger the cities you're connecting and the larger the populations you're connecting, it actually becomes more efficient for you to provide frequent um, service that can also serve really small towns as long as they're on the way. So, you know, at the moment we have no public transport to Taumaranui, but we could probably justify it, in, in my opinion, can't speak for Horizons, of course, um, but if we could connect up Hamilton 
and Palmerston North and perhaps Whanganui, then that's, then you're getting to the population that you could actually justify a couple of trips a day um, and that would allow people in Taumaranui to get to medical services, which they usually go to in Hamilton, even though it's in the wrong regional council. Okay. Um, I'm out of time with you, Anthony. Just one really quick word on Waikato, because apparently there's some positive things happening around there. Well, they've been the real innovators in this space. So Waikato's regional public transport plan is, is very ambitious. They run multiple trips to places like Raglan and Ngārua Wahia a day. But in the future, they're looking at 20-minute frequencies between places like um, Hamilton and Cambridge or Hamilton and, and Huntley. Um, so if other regional councils act in the same way and we start talking to each other and doing services together, we could um, make some real change. Good stuff. Nice to talk to you. Really appreciate your time today. Kia ora. Anthony Tonin, who is, I won't give you his full title again, but basically is a public transport enthusiast with connections in the Horizons region. Do you know Horizons? Manawatu, Whanganui, around that central part of the North Island.